0: Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. So great to see everybody. Uh, We are continuing this series, What's Next for My Life?, To go where God is leading you, uh, it takes other people to make it possible. That's one reason you're at church with other people today. Success is never a one-person, one-man, one-woman show. You could be even a solo athlete in the Olympics. You still need a team. In fact, the more successful you are as a solo athlete, the more people you have behind you, coaches and trainers and doctors and uh, much, much, much support. You need a team. Now, we've been talking about the future and what's next for your life, and we've talked about so far choosing the right values. Have you determined the values that you're going to live by and that these are going to be your core convictions in life? If you can't say them, if you can't write them down, how can you live by them? If you can't claim them, how can you make decisions by them? And then next, last week, we talked about choosing the right doors in life, that to determine what's next in life— is going to be uh, determined by the doors you walk past and the doors you walk through. That is how your future is shaped, by your decisions of what doors uh, you walk through in your life. Today we're going to talk about choosing your team. Next week we're going to talk about how to uh, choose the right guide for your life and how to be led by God. We want to be led by God, led by His Spirit. How does that actually work? And next week we're going to talk about how that, that actually works in life. And then we'll close out this series uh, by how do you choose some life verses, some life Bible verses to live by, and how do you interpret God's Word in a way that can guide you and direct you? You say, when I read this thing, what in the world does it mean, and what does it mean for me today? And I'm looking forward to talking about that. But we all have something that's next in our life. You may be in a season that is shifting in life, a, a, a new grade, a new career, a new job, a new opportunity in front of you. Uh, Could be that, man, things are just same old, same old, but you're wondering, who am I becoming? What's next for me in all of this? Who will I be and what decisions will I make? I'm so grateful to bring this message today. If you missed any of these, if you missed these first two, anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can search Rockbrook and listen to it there or on our website or app. We've tried to make that easy and available. But today we're going to look at choosing the team you need to succeed. Working on this message, I just found myself so grateful for you and the team that we get to be as we go to church together and be a church family together and support one another. I'm thankful for our church staff and the teams that I get to serve on and be a part of. You cannot fulfill God's purpose for your life by yourself. You just can't. Uh, You may be able to fulfill a purpose you have for you, by yourself. You may come, be able to come up with something to say, well, you know what? I really like that idea because I could just do that with no interference and do that by myself. But you can't fulfill God's dream for your life by yourself. Even the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest Christians who's ever lived, knew this. He told the believers in Rome, in Romans 1:12, we find this. Let's read this out loud together. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. You need to be encouraging people in the faith. You need to take the lead that way. You also need people to encourage you in your faith. You can't get through the journey of faith by yourself. And you need people uh, in some different areas. Uh, We talked today about, as we'll talk today about choosing the right team for your dream. We also need to talk about the kinds of people that you need in your life. So I wanna start today with five kinds of people you absolutely need in your life to succeed in faith. You may have 50 years in front of you. You may have five years in front of you. You need these people. First you need, if you're taking notes, you need models who inspire you by their example. You need a model of where you want to go. Who do you want to become? And you need a model to get started. Even if you plan on surpassing that model, and that would be their hope for you, that's every generation's hope, is that the next generation will do it bigger, better, faster, that they they will surpass surpass them. Everything you learned in life, you actually learned this way through modeling. In fact, other kinds of leadership really don't do it for you. (laughs) They don't work. You learn when someone shows you how, not tells you how. That's our favorite way to learn. Let me ask you this question: Do you drive the way your parents told you to drive, or do you drive the way they showed you to drive? Right? <laughs> do you do things the way you're told? No. You, we do things the way that we see that. And we go, hey, that looks like that works. I'll do that. We watch someone do it. We say, I could do that, and we follow their example. We learn when someone shows us how. That's how you learn first things: how to talk, how to walk. How to eat. No one told you how to do it. You learned it by watching others. I have two, Lauren and I have two uh, young sons. And it's amazing how the younger one knows so much more at his age than the older one did at that same age. Why? Because the younger one has a constant model of how to do different, different things. And he sees that and does it. And that continues your whole life. So, if you don't have a model, an example for the kind of parent that you want to be or the, 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 the type of teacher you want to be or the student that you want to be, if you don't have a model, an example for the husband or the wife that you want to be or the kind of employee that you want to be, who are you becoming? Now, these could be people that you, you never even meet. Okay? They, they could be people... They could be people in history who lived well and they inspire you by their example. You don't have to know them very well. They're just people who model integrity or courage or humility and you look at them and you say, that inspires me. You hear their testimony of how they got clean and you say, man, maybe I could get clean like that. Maybe I could do what they did. You you see their story, their example of how they got sober. You say, man, that inspires me and you follow their example, man, I could get sober uh, that way. You could say, man, that's what I want to look like when, when I'm older. There are several guys in our church, and I mean this, I hope you take this as an extreme compliment that I mean. Old guys in our church who I look at and say, when I'm an old guy, I want to be an old guy like that old guy, right? That's, that's who I want to become. That's the kind of dude I want to be. And you just got to have those models of people, man, I, I want to become more loving like they are. I want to become more courageous like they are. I want to become uh, just uh, things that they inspire you. All right, next you need advisors. Advisors who coach you. They help you get where you need to go in life. Now, nobody can advise you in every area of your life, so you can have many different advisors. The first advisors that you have in your life are your parents. Uh, But as you grow, you learn from more and more people. And an advisor could be your sponsor. An advisor could be uh, a pastor or a leader or a counselor. They they don't have to have a a title or anything like that. It's just someone you get advice from them on how to fix things. Advice from them on on parenting. Again, this one, you don't have to know them to get advice from them. It's the power of reading their book or, or listening to their thing or whatever. Just getting advice from them. You, can't, you cannot get through life without advisors. Now, you don't have to go to someone and say, will you be my advisor? Okay, don't do that. Just say, hey, man, it looks like you solved a great problem there. Can you show me how you did that? Can you teach me how? And you just get advice from them and learn from them. Next, you need partners who share the dream and work with you. Now, these are people that you absolutely know because you're working shoulder to shoulder with them a career, a vision, a cause, a calling, a ministry. Uh, something you say, I, I wanna do this with my life and you need some people who share that dream. They're working towards that as well. And so they're, they're your partners. Uh, you know them, you work with them, you're interacting with them, uh, you're partnering with them very much on a team. Then you need friends who uh, support you and who pray for you. And this is just simple friendship. They may not share your dream, they may not work on it with you, but they support you. You play board games and video games with them. And you, when you set a goal of getting clean, they support it. They pray for you. you. You make a decision to stand up for what's right in something. That may not be their fight. They may not have anything to do with it, but they just say, we've, we've got your back. You make a decision to follow a Christian conviction. And they just say, well, we're in your corner and we'll, and we'll pray for you. You don't, mean, you don't need many friends, but you do need. it's good to have friendship. And they're the ones that they're gracious with you. You make a mistake, and they don't pile on. Uh, they support you. They pray for you. They love you. The fifth kind of person that you absolutely need to succeed, can't succeed without them, are nuisances who irritate you. <laughs> now, you might say, what? I don't need any more nuisances who irritate me You're telling me, Rylan, that's what I need to succeed? That's what's keeping me from succeeding. Just hear me out. You can listen to this and decide to disagree with me at the end if you want, but at least hear me out, okay? Read any biography or any memoir of someone you would say is a successful person. Watch any movie based on the life of any successful person. Ask your models, your advisors, your partners, your friends, and what you discover is that great people have great people helping them and also nuisances who irritate them. In every success story, and watch any movie based on the life of someone, you would say, that's a successful person. What do you find? You find irritations, you find bullies, opponents, critics, competitors, people trying to sabotage that, so on and so forth. You cannot avoid it. Every successful person has had this in their life. It's a common denominator. The truth is you don't get to choose everyone who's in your family. Amen, somebody, right? You don't get to choose everyone that you're gonna go to school with or sit in a classroom with. You don't get to choose Everyone who you work with or that you're on a basketball or soccer or football team or any kind of team with, you don't get to pick everyone that you go to church with or who's in your small group or you don't get to pick everyone that you serve with. And the reality is if you want to be successful in life, you will face nuisances and it will be irritating. And it's part of being successful is being able to adapt when someone is rowing against you or oftentimes they may not mean any harm. They're just, they're breaking your rhythm, right? They're not rowing in rhythm with you as you're trying to row this thing. And it's messing with you. And to be successful, you have to embrace it. You have to adapt to it. Not to belabor this one, but look at the life of Jesus. Did Jesus have people who were breaking his rhythm, rowing out of rhythm with him, rowing against him, Persecutors, critics, opposition? Yes. Was he successful? Yes. Did he accomplish God's will for his life? Yes. Do you think he'll spare you from all of that too? No. Look at Moses. We looked at the life of Moses in the first week of this. Did Moses have, he had many nuisances in his story and irritations. Look at the Apostle Paul, many people who were breaking his rhythm, irritating him. Something happened with a blacksmith at some point, I'm not quite sure, but it was a great irritation to him. And behind every successful person are a lot of great people and a lot of irritants. And you don't have to look for them, you don't have to choose them, they'll find you. And the goal is just to adapt, to thank God for them, to pray. This is a great prayer to pray about someone in your life. God, help me to see them the way that you see them because then you're seeing them with faith. You're seeing them from God's perspective. Help me to see them the way that you see them. And, and then try not to be a nuisance for someone else. So you need models, advisors, partners, friends, nuisances, Proverbs 27, 17 says, let's read this one together. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. How can we look for those that we get to choose? The, the partners, advisors, friends, the, the ones that can help us to succeed, the ones that we get to choose. There's an old phrase in Africa, an African proverb, that says, if you want to run fast, run by yourself. If you wanna run far, run with others. Rockbrook wants you to run far. We want you to succeed and we want your success to last. Many, anyone can be a flash in the pan. Anyone can do something for a moment in time. We want it to last. The Bible calls it lasting fruit. We want you to end well. I don't want you to be sidelined or detoured five years from now, uh, not believing God for anything, uh, not going to church, not serving Him. I want you to be healthier five years from now than before. I want you to accomplish uh, some of God's will for your life in five years from now. And we need a team of others to make that possible, to make up for our weaknesses, to to help each other get more done. You may be the best singer in the world. You may be the metropolitan opera singer. You still need a vocal coach. You may be the best athlete in the world. And again, what you find is the better the athlete, the more coaches, the more trainers, the more people helping them. I have found that to be true. The greatest parent, has a lot of people on their team greatest husband, wife, a lot of support and advice and coaching and things. You need a lot of people to pull off that dream and you need others to help you back up when you stumble and to help you resist attacks and help you keep going and keep driving. If you don't have someone else, you're not going to make it. So how do you choose these types of people uh, for your life? Well, the Bible gets pretty clear that the way you and I would naturally go out and do that is completely wrong. Like if you just followed your own instinct and gut in choosing these people, God would say, if you just follow your, your flesh on that and just your, your perspective, only see it from your point of view, you're gonna get it all wrong and you're not gonna end up in the greatest place. God doesn't look at what people look at. And so you've gotta be able to see this from his perspective and do it from his perspective. Jesus did not pick the people who looked the part when he was building his team. He didn't. A lot of people, if they would have chosen it for Jesus, it would have been none of those people. You have to be able to look beneath the surface and look at what God looks at. So what do you choose when you're uh, choosing these people that you need in your life? Number one, you want to choose people who believe in Jesus Christ. Of course, this is the bottom line. You want people who can help you go in the right direction, who believe what you believe. Now, not everyone in your life, in your circle, will agree with you on this because you don't get to choose everybody. So, of course, you're going to be at work and in classrooms and different people who don't believe this. But from here forward, those close friendships and influences, the ones you're modeling your life after, they ought to be believers, the ones that you get to choose. 2 Corinthians 6 Verse 14, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? The two can't coexist. If you have a dark room and you put some light in it, well, it's not a completely dark room anymore, right? They don't work together. What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? You can have great godly dreams, but the wrong team will take you in the wrong direction. The closer the person is in your life, the more that this becomes a non-negotiable. When choosing a husband or a wife, this is a non-negotiable. Friend, believing in Jesus is the most important thing about you and the most important thing to you. You want someone who that's the most important thing To them as well if you've decided I need Jesus in my life I need his grace I need his forgiveness I cannot make it without the power of Christ Jesus in my life then you want to be you don't want to become one with someone who believes differently or hasn't decided the same thing You need a mutual understanding and faith and belief in that. Team members can disagree on a lot of things and still be very successful. Uh, But to go two different directions on this is going to hinder your success. You know, we talked about choosing your values. And if someone doesn't hold your deepest held value of Jesus, uh, then that's going to determine how close or how much of your life you want to model after them or partner with them. If you're living with conviction to please Jesus, uh, you don't want to partner with someone who's not living with that conviction. It's going to hinder your success. 1 Corinthians 15, says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And that's the next one, is you want to choose people, number two, who are growing in character. Talent will only take you so far. Character will take you to the end of your life. Many talented Uh, business people, many talented uh, people in ministry, many talented people, uh, doctors and uh, running a practice and many talented people in athletics, many talented people flame out or end up in a ditch. Great talent, great talent, but not deep character. And none of us have great character on our own. Left to ourselves, we are unrighteous. Left to ourselves, our righteousness is as filthy rags. And we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to bring about righteousness in our life. So you want to choose people as your models, as your advisors, as your partners, who aren't just telling you what they think, who aren't just using human wisdom, but they're pointing you also to God. They're pointing you to a greater guide in your life. Galatians 5, I'm just going to kind of work through this. Uh, at a kind of a slower pace here. Galatians 5, 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone that living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you might say, well, Ryland, I have to go to middle school. <laughs> <laughs> But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. That you can have these things in the midst of any circumstance, any situation. And that is who... If you say, Holy Spirit, what is your vision for my life? What is your dream for my life? He says, these are the things I'm trying to bring about in your life. These are the things I'm trying to produce in your life. And you can have lasting fruit in these things. And you want someone in your life who's letting that happen in their life as well. Now, this wasn't, I didn't give you this list to have you hold this over your parents' head or hold this over someone's head or anything like that. It's just... You ask, is, this, is the Holy Spirit's vision for my life being fulfilled? Can I let that happen? And do I have other people in my life who, that that's their goal as well? And you elevate people's voice in your life based on that. Number three, you need people who do what's right even when it is hard. You need people in your life uh, who are operating off of righteousness and, and goodness and godliness even when it's hard. Psalm 34, 19. This is an amazing verse. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Notice that verse, that God does not promise that if you do the right thing, it will be easy. It won't. But you get to leave the problems to Him. God has not promised a a problem-free life. If you do the right thing, you may have more problems than you would have otherwise. But you also... Get God's help. If you decide to hold to an ethical standard at work, if you decide to stop partying, if you decide to tell the truth about something you need to tell the truth about, God promises you it will cause a lot of problems, but he'll help you take care of those. If you say, seek first the kingdom of God is is truly the first priority of my life, don't be surprised if the world doesn't like it because it's not the world's number one priority. And so it will cause problems. Someone asked me recently, Pastor, I've been doing the stuff we talk about. I've been putting the, the outlines into action. I've been living for God. And it's like there, no one goes with the flow. It's like nothing comes about well. It's caused all these kind of problems. And I said, yes, the righteous person faces many troubles. But the Lord will come to your rescue. And you need someone in your life who will encourage you. That Even if it's just a few, if you want to go after God's dream for your life, someone will criticize it. And the next thing that you need to have is some models, some advisors, some partners, some friends who handle criticism by focusing on God. They they don't retaliate. uh, They don't harbor bitterness. They don't get back at them. They just handle it by focusing on God. They don't escalate it. They don't lead a campaign against that person. They just stay on mission. You will be criticized by somebody. You say, what's next for my life? Well, criticism will be some part of it at some time. I can guarantee you that. And you've got to pre-decide. Pre-decide how you're going to handle criticism and how you're going to respond to it. If you want to respond to it the best way, you make up your mind before it happens. You will be insulted. You'll be ridiculed. You'll be mocked. You'll be disrespected in your life. And you need to know beforehand how you're going to handle that in your life. In Matthew 5, uh, verse 12, Jesus is speaking on the Beatitudes, and he says, Blessed are those who are persecuted. And not just for any old reason. He says, Blessed those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for being right with God. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you when people persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Rejoice and be glad. I believe this is just as, if not even more so, countercultural today than it was when Jesus said it. When someone is mean to Christians, persecutes them, or mocks them, or insults them, our response generally is to be sad or to get back at them or to try and stop them to say that's not right and I'm going to do what I can and get others to try and stop them. If Jesus stepped into a situation where you were being put down and said rejoice and be glad, would you find that comforting advice? (laughs) If Jesus said be happy about it. Uh, One of my models, someone I I look up to years ago was uh, lied about publicly and it caused all kinds of problems in his life and in his family, and it was horribly insulting, very negative, and, and it was all a lie. And he handled it with such steadfastness, and not in a sarcastic way, he, he truly wanted to find the good in it and be glad. And so I asked him what he learned through that. He was a model, but I wanted to get his, be, have him be an advice, advice. So I just asked him, what did you learn uh, going through this? And he said, I can be glad because it took my eyes off my earthly rewards. He said, I had to focus on God's rewards because that was the only one I was getting. I was getting no reward from the world or from man at that time. And he says, it strengthened his faith to have the surface taken away and have to rely on God, to have to rely on this promise from Jesus. That's a godly model to follow. Run your race, ignore the crowd. The crowd cheers, the crowd jeers, they do both. Compliments and criticism, and you just run your race. One more that we'll see today is you wanna have people in your life, number five, who take bold risks in faith. Bold risks in faith. God has a plan and purpose for your life, and it's as important as anyone else's. And to do it, you'll have to take some bold risks, make some changes, shake up some dynamics, Acts 15, 25 says, So we all agreed to choose men, to choose some men, and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul. Men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer is that Rockbrook will be filled with people who are willing to risk their lives for Jesus Christ. Not only to risk their life in death, but to risk the life, the time that they have been given, the moments that they have been given, to risk them in faith to Jesus Christ. It's the only thing worth risking your life for. The problem we have today, the problem we have today, is we live in a culture that gives first-class allegiance to second-class causes, and they are causes that betray us. Materialism, secularism, hedonism. Politics, power, pleasure, they are empty promises. They are dead ends. They do not save. They lead to emptiness. And you need to take risks in your life, but you need to take risks that are for the glory of God and not apologizing for being a Christian, not apologizing for living with faith, not apologizing from living for God's, from God's point of view and holding to his values. 1 John 5, 4 through 5 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world. That's a promise. And we achieve this victory, how? Through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? So everyone's fighting. Everyone's fighting something. Who wins? Only those who believe Jesus is the Son of God. Will you say, the rest of my life, Lord, is yours? What's next for my life is yours? To say, I don't know what all it will include. I don't know what surprises there will be. I don't know what decisions are ahead of me. But God, I want what you want for my life. Now, Rockbrook wants to help you uh, be part of this, this team for you. Uh, to be the models and advisors, partners, friends, and nuisances who help you get through, Okay. And that's one reason we're, this weekend, you'll hear about this in the announcements, we're previewing our small group semester, and and you'll hear more about that then. But uh, we're going to also begin a new series at the end of this one. I showed you how long this will be. The following week, we're going to begin a new series called Family Works. Family Works. The premise is that your family can work with God's guidance and direction. It absolutely can. And we're going to discover God's grace for our families and that we all have a role to play in the health and the mission of our families and our church and our community. And that we are all connected to this in some way. Even in singleness, we'll talk about that. Even in a life of singleness, you need to know, okay, how can, uh, how can this work with God's help, direction. Uh, but we'll talk about all the different roles that come in and out of a, a family. The role of marriage and of parenting and uh, grandparent and uh, how to find a spouse, just so on and so forth. Now, you could use this for your small group curriculum this semester if you want. Our small groups do many different types and kinds of things, uh, but we will have discussion questions and Bible reading along with this series for further study. And if you say, man, it's been a while since I did a, a Bible series along with the, the, uh, the sermon series, or uh, if you say, you know, I've done small group before, but it's been a while since I've uh, connected with that, and uh, I, can, I can do that over the next few months, or uh, if your small group needs something, maybe this is an option for you as well. And begin uh, a, a group that way. We can help you begin a group that way or, or do this or uh, do whatever your small group uh, has on your heart. Your leader might have something else on their heart as well, uh, which is great. That's perfectly fine. And, but we, I want to see you in a small group this semester to have that be, have your church be some of the models, advisors, partners, and friends who help you get through and help you be successful. You need a team to succeed. And let's say today, God, let let it start with me to say, God, may I be a model for someone else. May I be someone who could give godly advice. May I be a good partner, good friend to someone. And God, as I step out to do that, God, would you help me choose and put people in my life who can be these people. Let's pray together. Well, Heavenly Father, uh, we want to please you. We want your favor. Uh, We don't want to waste our life trying to please people who don't care about you and uh, who aren't living with faith. Lord, uh, we want to live lives of integrity and generosity and humility and uh, be able to surround ourselves with uh, people who do the right thing and don't get caught up in everything else Lord I thank you for our church and how you've guided so many relationships uh, like the ones we've talked about today Lord I lift up the person who uh, is just weary in this area Uh, they've would say they have stepped out in faith. They've had, uh, tried to uh, create these type of friendships or relationships uh, that would help and um, it either just didn't work out or they were abandoned or hurt or they made a risk and, and it didn't pay off. And God, I just lift up the wounds that they carry from that today and whatever this may have uncovered, God, I thank you that you're a healer. Lord, you uh, comfort us and you give us your presence. Lord, we thank you for other people in our lives who believe in Jesus Christ, that we don't have to do it by ourselves. God, we thank you for people who uh, grow in character and do what's right and handle criticism well and take risks in faith. Lord, may we be this type of person and may we find these types of people. It's in Jesus' name we pray and the church said together, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.